reading from Philippians chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. Again, that's Philippians 4, verses 19 through 20. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm told that the African impala is an amazing animal. If you've ever seen one in the zoo or maybe out in the Serengeti, it's an amazing thing to watch. I'm told that the African impala can jump as high as 10 feet. If I'm looking at the stage, I would say 10 feet is probably uh, about here. Thinking an animal that could jump all the way from there all the way up using its powerful hind legs. If he has a running start, I'm told that the African impala can jump as far as 30 feet. My best estimate of 30 feet just from right here where I am. Morris, raise your hand. Where are you at? There you are. African impala can jump at least that far if it is that it's given the running start. And yet, what's interesting is, if you ever go to the Houston Zoo, if you ever go to the zoos around the country, you're not going to find the impala with 10-foot high walls. You know why? Because it is the impala can be restrained or held in a pen with just a, a, a fence that's about three feet high. You know why that is? I'm told that the impala will not take that leap if they can't see where their feet are going to land. And so it is an animal with so much power and so much ability that God has given it is restrained simply because of a three-foot-high wall and it can't see what's exactly on the other side. I think about us and how we as people sometimes, when we're living our lives, have barriers that life tries to put around us and says, you can't make it over this. You don't know what's on the other side. One of the great, devil's greatest tools is fear. And as the devil builds this wall of fear around us as people, as God's people, he wants to let us know, you don't know what's on the other side, so it's best to stay where you are and it's best not to take that leap. The, the world may try and put things like materialism in, in place and say, you're in the comfort and safety of your stuff. And you can't see what's beyond if it is that you choose to go beyond the stuff and really live what your life is all about. And so therefore it's safer on the inside of this wall. But brothers and sisters, faith is not to take a blind leap and kind of wonder what's on the other side of the wall. Our faith, biblically speaking, is God telling us exactly what's on the other side of the wall and then saying, jump, or this is where you're going to land. When I was teaching my kids how to swim, we would go out to, uh, uh, to this, this pool and we would go and I would be down in the water. And it's kind of a fearful thing to stand on the side of a pool, if you've never done it before, and just jump in. But when dad's sitting there in the water saying, jump, jump, I'll catch you. And the child's still standing there going, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But the father continuing saying, jump, I promise I will catch you, I will catch you, I will catch you. It's a difficult thing for that child to take that step or take that leap, as it were, off of that side of the pool and re recognize that their parent is not going to fail them in their word. The supreme challenge of our life, the goal of our faith, is to not see the wall. It's to not see the difficulty and not see the fear. 
Let's see what God has told us is on the other side, where it is that our faith begins to make a difference. If you're there in Philippians chapter 4, let me bring just a few things to your attention from this passage. As Paul is writing a book about Christian joy, as he's writing a book about Christian joy from the comfort, if you will, of his jail cell, being chained to a Roman guard, as Paul is writing to a, uh, to a group of Christians about Christian joy from his comfort of his, his, his prison cell, you'll note that how many times it talks about having the same mind, about having the mind of Christ, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, about having a mind that puts itself in a position of service. And Paul says there's no way that your joy is going to be like it ought to be unless you have the mind of Christ and unless that mind shapes the way it is that you act. And as he concludes from the scripture reading this morning, as he says in Philippians 19 and verse 20, note what God says is going to be the result, brothers and sisters, if we jump, if we take that leap and not look at the fence, but look at what's on the other side. Paul says, and my God. That is a personal proclamation, a personal understanding of God and his care. Paul's saying it's not just the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's not just the God of David. It's not just the God of all those faithful kings that served him. It's not just the God of Jesus Christ. He is my God. You ever vouch for somebody? I know this person. I know they're going to take care of what they said. Paul says, you have my personal guarantee because I know God's personal care. As I sit here chained to this guard in this Roman prison cell, I know my God will act. Note the next part. Personal care. And my God shall supply there's the promise of benefits there's a personal care there's a promise of benefits i know my god is going to take care of you not only that and my god shall supply all your needs there's his providence in abundance i don't know what's on the other side if i jump how do I know God's going to catch me? If I jump, how do I know that I'm going to, 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 uh, to be taken care of? Paul says, you have my personal guarantee that my God is going to supply all your needs. His providence. I had an old teacher that used to tell me you're pronouncing that wrong. The way that you pronounce the word is actually God's providence. God's providence. Do we believe that God is going to supply all of our needs? Keep reading. And my God, personal care, shall supply the promise of benefits. All your needs, his providence and abundance, according to his riches in glory, proportionately by his wealth and not by our wealth. Don't you appreciate that? <laughs> Don't feel like we have a whole lot in the bank. Don't feel like we have a whole lot to our name. And it's not God looking at my bank account or looking at your bank account or looking at our wealth or your wealth or how much you have or how much you don't have and saying, okay, I'm going to bless you just a little bit based upon your stuff, the material things that you have. But it's God supplying needs, not out of your wealth, but out of his wealth, his providence and abundance. So it is that he does it proportionally by what he has. Keep reading. And my God, his personal care, shall supply the promise of benefits, all your needs, your, his providence and abundance, according to his riches and glory, proportionately by his will, by or in Christ Jesus. Finishing the statement, punctuated by sacrifice. Punctuated by sacrifice. 
if God were able and if God were willing and if God did give us the best of heaven, give us all of heaven's jewels and all of the things that were most valuable in heaven, it's all summed up in the beauty of his son, Jesus Christ, coming to this earth in Philippians chapter 2, being born of a man, and uh, born of a woman rather, and, and uh, humbling himself to the point of death, even the death on the cross, and he did that for you. Don't you know he's going to take care of you in other ways? Don't you know that he's going to take care of all your needs in Christ Jesus, punctuated by that one sacrifice? That God's going to give up Jesus Christ, the best of heaven. How much more is he going to take care of us out of the abundance of what it is that he does? And the abundance of what he has there in heaven. And so it is, you look at a statement like that, Philippians 4.19, as he's concluding the epistle, you might be tempted just to run over it. But the challenge of our life is to not see the border and not see the boundary that our life puts up. And when we're talking about things like sharing the gospel with our neighbor, sharing the gospel with somebody so badly needs to hear it, well, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this person's going to accept the gospel. What if it is they run me out of town on town on a rail? What if it is that they don't accept this? And we see the fence. God says, jump and I will catch you. Take the leap. God's going to supply the needs that we have. And so we finish up a statement like that. And what can we say except verse 20? Now to, not my God, but note the plural pronoun, our God. Paul says this is not just my God that's acting in this way, but it's our God, church. Now our God, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. We can say glory to God forever and ever because he is a good father. He is a faithful father. He will not leave us as babes in the woods, but in everything in our lives about what the Bible reveals. He wants us to act in faith, not to see the boundary, but to leap, recognizing that he's promised that he will catch us. Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you so much for your great love for us and sending your son Jesus Christ to die for us. Father, help us in everything in our lives to honor and glorify you through acting in faith. Not, Father, a blind leap where it is that we don't know whether or not you've spoken, but to take a look at what you've spoken about and to trust you simply, implicitly, recognizing, God, that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, so much for all you do and for all you're going to do. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Do you need to know him this morning? We're going to offer this invitation now. It's together.